Good afternoon, gang, and welcome to Pulp Today. I have already poured myself an afternoon cocktail, a thing that I greatly suggest in these days. Mm. It's just a bucket of vodka, though I, I did say the word vermouth as I poured it. So we can pretend it's a martini. So I figure if Sir Patrick Stewart can read Shakespearean sonnets every afternoon, I could uh, I could read a little American uh, American Shakespeare, a little American Pulp Fiction. And I'm going to start with my dad, because I can. Michelangelo Avalone, born 1924 in New York City, raised in the Bronx, uh, when the name The Bronx Farms was still recent enough that uh, I remember him mentioning having a swimming hole when he was growing up and trying to imagine a swimming hole in the Bronx was not a thing I could really do. Went to serve in the what was still called the United States Cavalry in the Second World War. Got back from the war, started working in a stationery store, really wanted to be a writer. He wrote five manuscripts which were rejected. Five. Whole novels that were rejected. He noticed that uh, hard-boiled detective fiction was selling well, and so he wrote one of those, The Tall Dolores, a novel of suspense. Tall Dolores was published in hardcover in the States, in hardcover in Great Britain, in this very nice paperback in the United States. In the 1970s or late 60s, it was reprinted. It also uh, made it overseas. Spain, Dolores Lauta. I'm not even going to try the German. Dolores Trixt die Profis aus. Anyone who wants to write in and tell me what that means, I would be happy to know. And in French, Le Grande Dolores. Again, no points for my accent. So, uh, one of Dad's big obsessions as a writer and as a teacher of writing was called the narrative hook. What you do on the first page, what you do in the first sentence, is what makes him keep reading. One of his gimmicks for all of his books was he listed the cast of characters by something that had to do with the theme of the novel. Theme is a strong word sometimes for what might be better termed gimmick. This is a novel about a tall woman, so the characters are listed in order of their height. In others, they're listed by their favorite movie, by what weapon they carry or don't carry. But starting simple, starting small, ironically, with just simply heights. Worth mentioning in passing before I dive in. My father's career as a novelist. Mostly private eye novels, uh, 36, 37, depending on how you count them, Ed Noon novels, but also gothic romances, movie and TV tie-ins, novelizations, that kind of thing. Uh, he famously said once, a writer should be able to write anything from a garden seed catalog to the Holy Bible. And I, I think he honestly believed that, and he did his best in 200 published novels. That's 200 to prove that right. One last thing career-wise or overview-wise. The Ed Noon mysteries are unique and their uniqueness is entirely from my father's voice. Hundreds of, possibly thousands of Private Eye series exist where the guy's in New York and he's broke and he's down his heels and he's a good guy and bad things happen. There are so many tropes that are repeated over and over again. But Ed Noon is sort of a unique character. His love of baseball, of old movies, his military record comes straight out of my father. And also, Dad had a sense of the surreal, for want of a better word. The Tall Dolores is about a six-foot-three woman. Uh, 
He has a mystery where Ed Noon is hired by a six-year-old. Uh, he has a mystery where Ed Noon is uh, brainwashed by the Red Chinese into thinking he is Sam Spade, and he is sent to assassinate the President of the United States. They get wilder and wilder as time goes on, but even from the beginning, there's, uh, there's, always, an, there's always something baffling and strange about them that I don't think you find in either his contemporaries or, for that matter, his predecessors. He's that degree of out of control surrealism, I think, is unique to his work. But maybe we'll see more of that in later episodes here if I keep doing this. Let's start with chapter one of The Tall Dolores. I'll begin by telling you she was the tallest girl that ever came into my office, but tall isn't the word for it. Not really. As spotty as my schooling was, I can do better than that. Dolores was a hell of a lot more than tall. She was huge, statuesque, a glamazon, a regular empire state building of female feminine dame, an all-woman besides. Six feet three in her stocking feet. Don't scoff. Don't laugh at the notion. Don't even faint. Put black pumps with three-inch heels on those feet, and you'll get a rough sketch of the shadow she threw across my threshold the day she crossed it. Believe me, I wasn't prepared for the shadow, or the woman that brought it in. The private eye business was having a bad year, and the closest I had gotten to some real green dough was a shadowing job for some Park Avenue doctor who suspected his wife of laying down on her wifely duties with some other John. I had done myself proud. Photographs, a honey of a dictaphone recording when Loverboy came in and the lights went out. The doctor was a real grateful guy. The job had been worth a cool thousand, but that had been three months ago and the money had run out, thanks to my passion for comfortable living. <laughs> so when Dolores showed up, I was worn down to the tail, as they say in Benny's back room. I looked up from my desk in the mouse auditorium that passes from my office and blinked. A gigantic silhouette had fallen across the glazed glass of the door. A feminine silhouette. That bus line was unmistakable. Ed Noon, Private Investigations, the modest four-inch lettering on the glass lost its place in the sun for exactly three minutes. I'm a game guy. I took a chance. Come on in, I sang out. The joints insured. Come in, she did. The shadow faded, and Dolores in the flesh was a little less terrifying, but still plenty disconcerting. Ed Noon, that you? The question didn't falter out of her. It just erupted from deep down in a chest that a very conservative estimate, I pegged it a 50. It's the only name I'll endorse a check with. What can I do for you? In spite of the gag, I had the impression I was whispering. Save the wisecracks, Noon. I'm too big to kid around with. Her words were loud, but she sounded pleased, as if she had found something she was looking for. In this case, that something was me, which just about describes how the tall Dolores made me feel. Not like anything, just something. There endeth the lesson for today. The first, I don't know, couple hundred words of The Tall Dolores by Michael Avalone from the year of our Lord, 1953. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, I think I'm going to record one about uh, Dashiell Hammett, the Maltese Falcon, and the Flitcraft story, wherein an American mystery writer invents existentialism about a decade before the French get around to it. Ciao. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.